Do you find that people often want to define you instead of listening to how you define yourself? Or maybe you find that people have a hard time holding space to allow you to be and to do what you need to be and do. Those are just some of the few things that we talked about with Goddess in our last episode. If you haven't listened, I invite you to do that, but not before you listen to this episode with June Kim. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. June Kim is a mindset coach and the creator of the Happy Successful Asians podcast. His current mission is helping Asian executives and entrepreneurs break through overwhelm, fear, and limitations to accelerate their professional growth while experiencing more happiness and success. Prior to embarking on his entrepreneurial coaching journey to help others, June worked in finance at Point72 Asset Management and GE Capital. His big dream is to change education to make it more relevant to today's needs. He's looking to gain clarity on the vision through his coaching business. If education reform doesn't happen during his lifetime, he's working to inspire the next generation to make a dent in their own way. Hey, June, it is great, great, great to have you here. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast. Sadie, I am super excited to be here. It's going to be an incredible experience. And I just love the name of the podcast because Diversity Dish, it just makes me think of a delicious experience. And I'm all about it when it comes to having any kind of delicious experience because I love food and I'm really loving your vibe. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Well, I have to give credit for my name to my uncle. I had to change the name at the last minute because the one I'd chosen was already taken. And so I went to my family. I said, what name can I use? And he gave me this one and it just has clicked so well for me. So I have to give him his props. <laughs> I love it. That's incredible. Yes. So as you know, this, this podcast is, you know, we're, we're talking mostly about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also social justice, if that comes up. But before we get into all of that stuff, I really love to give my listeners the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. So my first question to you is, what are you passionate about right now? The immediate thing that comes for me is just sharing, helping people understand that they have everything within themselves to experience the life or the happiness and fulfillment that they want to experience. A lot of us, we're trying to chase something outside of us, trying to hit an internal emotional target, Mm. but in reality, it's within us. And it's this whole inside out game, right? When it comes to happiness and success, and this is through like personal experience, and I'm still on that journey where, you know, to give you a bit of context, I used to work in finance and, you know, coming from this culture of achievement, 
I tied my entire happiness, success, and worth to that professional accomplishment. And there were moments where I did very well, um, but each time I achieve a specific target, it always changes, right? Once, let's say I achieve like $100, mm-hmm. then I'm comparing myself to the other person that has more than me, and I want mm-hmm. something more. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a part of human nature. That's, you know, mm-hmm. we're adaptation um, beings and machines, and that's how we're having this conversation too. We're exactly here where we are because of that human experience. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's so important to make sure that you don't lose sight of the journey, to make sure you spend time doing things that you love, Um, and also make sure you spend time with your loved ones. But at the same time, understanding that happiness and fulfillment happens on the journey at the same time. Like, you know, you are born complete and perfect and you're just in the making. And I think life really is about that revealing journey that everything that you really want to achieve is within you. And it's helping people understand that you have everything within you and it's reminding them who they are. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's the big thing. I just want to share a lot of the things that I've learned on this personal development journey because, you know, my big dream is to change education, right? Not that education is bad. College is definitely right for some people, but for others, it might not be, right? At the end of the day, I felt like there were certain type of ideas or concepts that I wish it shared or it had that would have helped me so much more. So it's things that I've learned outside of college that I want to share with others that would have helped me so much more Mm -hmm. if I had learned that early on in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's the big thing. I just want to help others um, to become happy and fulfilled in their own ways. I, and I see you doing that. I, you know, we met online and I had to reach out to you and say, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? The energy that you put out is that positive energy. Hey, you can do it. Hey, You've got it within you. And I think so I can see that passion oozing from you, which is fantastic. So when thinking of that, then what is your superpower? Is your superpower tied into your passion? Yes. So I think (laughs) the big thing that I've consistently come across is my energy. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by it's a combination of things. Like at the end of the day, I'm just very curious about people, Mm -hmm. right? When I have any interactions, like, I just want to learn about someone. And I think it's just coming from a small island in American Samoa where I didn't get exposed to a lot of things. And this is still a personal discovery and development journey for me where I felt like everyone was better than me, right? So Mm. naturally, anyone that I met, especially when I came to the US, I felt so small. Um, Going to school, everyone smelled so much better than me in every aspect looks, academics, everything. And I was just curious, right? I just wanted to learn from people. And somehow that has helped me just really just stay open and um, non-judgmental about things. Because at the end of the day, I feel like you can learn from anyone, no matter, you know, where they come from, who they are, like what their age is. Like I've met people who are much, who are much younger than me, where I can learn from them. I've met people who are like much older than me and I can learn so much from them because they've made a ton of uh, mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. So just this, a sense of openness and curiosity that helps me really understand where they are and what's going through their life to figure out like, oh, this is what I think I can share and help, but this is also what I can learn. And combining like my perspective and their perspective to like share what I feel like might be helpful, but at the same time, take on what I feel like might be helpful for me. So I think energy is definitely there, but curiosity is the biggest one, just being curious and open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the more open and the more curious we are about the ways that things work for not just for us, but for other people, the better we are at incorporating or having that equity with other people, because then you can say, 
oh, um, we're all going to do this. Oh, but you know what? Such and such needs this in order to be able to join us. How can we make that happen? It's all about still being open to people's needs and the differences that we all have and the experiences that we all bring to the table are different. And so putting it all together, it makes for a much better meal, if you will, <laughs> than simply having one type of meal, right? Yeah. And to build off of that, you just made me think of innovation. And just to be, give you a bit of context, like you know, in the past, I didn't really think too much about innovation, but as I started, let's say, I'm now going to compare it to, in this case, inclusion, right? In the past, like when it comes to innovating in a company, let's say I used to work in finance and we try to innovate something specifically within finance, right? So you have all these people just with the finance background and mindset trying to create something and it creates pretty much marginal gains, if you make sense, because everyone mm -hmm. thinks alike. Right. And it's for me, like when I started immersing myself into different disciplines, like when I started just because I was curious about people and that naturally led to like human behavior, psychology, sociology, and just decision-making leadership. I started seeing certain patterns, like even though disciplines might be different in this, in this case, people might seem different, yet people bring on different perspectives. And I feel like innovation at the end of the day is looking at different perspectives and figuring out how can you connect those dots to create something that you might not have had in the past. Right. Because that's the most like that's the best thing you can do, to be honest. And that's I feel like what's going to drive any organization forward, because when you go in with this mindset that this is the only way it should be, then you cannot really accelerate or progress in the best way possible. Right. Because you're closing yourself up up to like potential possibilities that might actually just let's say quantum leap or give you that geometrical experience that you're actually looking for. So it's so important just to go in with that open mind and just be curious. Absolutely. And you're talking about finance, which made me think it's that way in anything. It doesn't matter what discipline you're talking about. We're not just talking about a creative discipline. Everything can be creative and any creativity needs various perspectives in order to matter or in order to appeal to the audience that you want it to appeal to. So when people don't allow that openness and they're, they're closed off, it the, the narrow way, oh, this is the way we've always done it. And that's how, but you're like, but when did you start doing it this way? Oh, we started doing this in 1922. I I think things have evolved a little bit since 1922. I don't know. Let's, can we, can we explore that maybe a little bit? So it's kind of in that realm. And I totally agree. No matter what, what discipline you're talking about, having different perspectives. And also, like you said, people in finance, they've all gone to the school of finance. So they've, they've all kind of learned basically the same thing. But if people allow the, other parts of people besides just the finance information but if they allow the culture to come in and if they allow the the experiences all the experiences to come in then that's when you really get something moving you like that that becomes so much more dynamic and amazing for lack of a better word but to the industry and allows the industry to then sprout and change and grow in so much more than when it's so narrow. Very good insight, sir. <laughs> 
So along your path, I'm sure there have been obstacles. I think you talk about having gone into a depression. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And also tell us what you've learned or continue to learn, because I know that you're on a continuous, we're all on a continuous learning journey, but tell me what you've learned from that experience. Yeah, so I would say a few things. The biggest thing was going back to tying my entire feeling of worth and happiness and success to an end goal. That really blew up in my face. And I was all about achieving that goal, no matter what was going to happen. And, you know, there is definitely some benefits of, you know, hustling, staying disciplined and working hard, but there's always a balance, right? Mm -hmm. I've gotten to this point where I was running my body to the ground and I was ignoring physical symptoms. Mm. I, you know, used to go to work with this like foggy eye in my right, uh, or this fog in my right eye. And then sometimes it would appear in my left eye and I just ignored it. Mm. I was so focused on my job and that's what I thought it was all about. My priority was my job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, when I fell into that uh, depressed state, I didn't know what it was. I just remember waking up, you know, on a Saturday afternoon after 12 plus hours of sleep and just really struggling to get out of bed. And I was questioning if this is all there is to like my life because mm. I didn't see myself sustaining that lifestyle. And it's until I actually Googled what I was feeling and then Google, thank God, said symptoms of depression. And <laughs> I was shocked. I did not know what mm-hmm. depression was at that time because it wasn't a conversation I had. Mm-hmm. So I started seeking answers, like three simple things that I did at that time. And it's funny because it's really the simple things that are so important, but hard to practice Mm. um, is exercising, right? Whatever, no matter how late it was, I just went for like short runs and I'm not even a big runner. Mm. Um, And then I also started just uh, talking to my friends and prior managers and my family who believed in me because when I was in that state, I was just hopeless. And when you don't have hope, it really messes you up. Mm. Meaning you can't think beyond your circumstance. So Mm. I really just needed to surround myself with positivity. And the other thing was just a book, right? A book to give me a new perspective and insight. Mm -hmm. But it was really getting myself into the right state and meaning a positive environment and state, whatever that means for you. In that moment, I got it through like a physical positive state, just working out, just put you in that right state. And just mentally and emotionally through uh, books and my peers, right? And that's how I was able to get out of that state. And naturally that led me to just getting more immersed in this whole personal development world and understanding that life isn't necessarily all about work. Mm. As simple as that sounds. And (laughs) there is this saying that we sacrifice our health to gain wealth, and then we sacrifice our wealth to gain back our health. These are the simple lessons that I started learning. And, you know, it's still a learning journey, meaning just because I've realized that, that doesn't mean that it just gets fixed overnight, right? Everything is a practice. You know, whoever I like interact with, I tell them I'm no different from you, right? I go through a very similar experience. I have to stay disciplined. If I stop meditating, if I stop reading, if I stop doing something, it goes away. It's like going to the gym. Initially, you know, when you're starting off, it's tough 
getting uh, that first step is definitely hard. Similar to riding a bike, it's that initial momentum. But once you start taking that first step, you start gaining that momentum, it gets easier. But once you stop going for a few weeks, it's hard again, but it's easier to get back on track, right? So for me, everything is a practice and um, I'm doing my best to make sure at the end of the day, my professional goals are important. Um, you know, I'm ambitious. I think it's important to be ambitious, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to, let's say, put that aside, meaning you can be grateful for what you mm -hmm. have at the mm -hmm. same time, strive for more. And at the same time, it's making sure that, you know, I like to kind of equate it to when it comes to life, there's different levers, right? Like, especially if you've been exposed to like, uh, the whole coaching space, there's this concept called your wheel of life where you measure how you're doing, you know, with your career, your finances, and, you know, your relationships and et cetera. And those are different levers that you can use, right? At the end of the day, like we all are people that have different interests and different hobbies. So we're all unique and special mm -hmm. in our own ways, but we all go through very similar experiences. So when it mm -hmm. comes to achieving what you want, don't tie your entire experience, like 100% of it, to your professional or financial goals. Make mm -hmm. sure it's weighted in a way that works for you. Each person is different, but use those different levers because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's about the journey. And goals are episodic. Mm -hmm. Each time you achieve something, it's going to change. You know, when you achieve it, it's going to feel great, but that's going to be like 5% of the entire journey. You're going to mm -hmm. spend 95% of the time in your day-to-day. -day, and if you don't enjoy your day-to-day, -day, life is just going to be miserable. So the important lesson for me was making sure that your day-to-day -day actually matters. Like, can you look back and reflect and say, did I actually have a good day? Did I do what I say is aligned with what's important to me outside of maybe your like career? Um, mm -hmm. So it's making sure that you find the integration and practicing it to the best of your ability. And it's not going to be perfect, right? Life is mm -hmm. just a learning journey. And each time is just an opportunity to do a little better and get better each day. Mm -hmm. That's It's something that I tell people all the time, especially when I'm talking to people about diversity, inclusion, or equity, or that sort of thing. And people are like, oh, I'm just afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, or I'm going to do the wrong thing. And I say, you are. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You are going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. But if you remain open to that learning, then you can keep moving on. But it's something that you have to practice every day and you kind of have to learn and keep going. The other thing that you said that I found very interesting was that talking about depression wasn't in, that wasn't in your wheelhouse. That wasn't something that you did. And I get the feeling that that might have been cultural. You can stop me if I'm wrong, but that is also something that is very cultural you know, I'm uh, Haitian American. My parents are from Haiti. I was uh, first generation born here in America, but depression is not something that you, that, that comes up. It's not something that you talk about. It's not something that you say, you don't ever say, you know, I feel really bad. I feel depressed. I feel like things are closing in on me. I think I'm going to go see a therapist. That is not something that you say. It's kind of like, oh, what? Like you're, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Just, you know, go, go get, go take a nap, go, go have something to eat, go do something else. So I can so understand how you can get like it can be a shock to you when depression is what you, you know, what the Google tells you that you, that you're experiencing, you go, oh my God, like, seriously, I, 
is that really a thing? Like, is that a thing for me? It's a thing for everybody. Everyone can fall into that place because we're human. And there's so much coming at all of us. So, you know, all of us, we have so much going on that, yes, it's, it's a reality for anyone. It's a reality for, you know, no matter what, what you look like, your background, it's a reality for everyone. So I thought it was very interesting that you said that. Yeah. And it's funny. It is a cultural thing. I feel like more so in the Asian culture, maybe from my personal experience, mm. I actually thought emotions were not a good thing growing up. It's more recently wow. that I realized that it's important to process your emotions and it's important to feel them. And mm. to give you a bit of context, there's a little, there's a lot, but I actually got into meditation initially because I thought emotions were not good for me. As crazy mm. as that sounds, to give you context, as someone that's in business and in finance, right? Mm. I thought when you got emotional, then you wouldn't be able to make good business decisions. So it was all about suppressing it, right. which sounds ridiculous, but I'm realizing that it's important to feel your emotions uh -huh. because that's what it means to be human. And, you know, having these type of conversation is really important when it comes to like, whether it's just inclusion or just opening up because it's a real thing. And mm -hmm. I really want people to have more conversations around this because everyone goes through it and it's until let's say someone might be aware about it, but he or she might feel uncomfortable talking about it because no one is talking about it. Whereas someone like me had no idea that was a real thing. Mm. Um, it's until I, I actually had to Google it, that it was a real thing. Right. And I feel like when you are able to just openly have this conversation, you give other people the courage to talk about these type of conversations. Right. And it's not just depression. A lot of the times people have barriers. I have my own barriers too, I'm sure. I might not be aware of some of them, but mm -hmm. when you are able to take that first courageous step to just open up a little bit, I mm -hmm. feel like you create a safe environment and space to have the difficult conversations, which are really important because when you have those difficult conversations, you can start tapping into certain spaces that you thought weren't available. And I feel like it's those mm -hmm. conversations that help people really connect together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because a lot of the times um, it might be very surface. So to give you an example, when I would ask in when I was back in finance, like I was in this leadership program where I would ask people, how are you doing? And I was honestly asking in a very genuine manner. And a lot of times, you know, people are like, that's oh, good or like living the dream. But deep down, I knew they weren't right because mm -hmm. it was super intense. People are working crazy hours. People just tell you just the natural default response when you really just ask you're genuine and you're curious and you really just show that you care people open up and you can develop incredible conversations and relationships through that. I feel like Absolutely. that's super important. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to just diversity, inclusion and equity, because everything starts, I feel like with a conversation and getting to yeah. know someone right, mm -hmm. and opening that space. Yeah. And really what it comes down to is you're having those conversations. Once you can open up one of those conversations and you can actually have a discourse, you can actually have a conversation there's a level of trust that becomes built. And when you build upon that trust and you continue to build upon that trust, there is now not just a friendship, but a kinship and understanding that is built. But it all starts with the ability to start the conversation and to maintain the conversation, not to feel 
that the conversation needs to be shut down, but to actually l- allow the conversation to flourish because it needs to be had. You can't, like you said, you talked about going to the gym. You go to the gym first few times, you're, you're working out, you're, it, it's painful. You know, we, there's something that I do now every day. So I go downstairs and I have a, a teapot, a hot water teapot that, that I turn on. I put all my stuff in my, in my, in my mug. And then while that water is warming up to boil, I stand there and I run in place. I hate exercise. I really, really do. But I run in place. I started doing this like last week. So I start, I run in place. Then I do a few jumping jacks. And then I run in place until the water is boiled. Then when the water is boiled, I put it in my cup and that's it. I'm done. But my body temperature is risen. My heart rate has gone up. And the so the first day, the, the day after I did it, the first day, I got up and I was like, oh my God, my legs, I don't understand why I'm in so much pain. Because, you know, to me, it just didn't feel like there was much going on. But I was in a lot of pain. I did a lot of work on, you know, my legs. And so I've been doing it every day now. And I don't feel that pain anymore. There's no more pain. It's gotten to where my body is kind of like, oh, we're doing this? Sure, let's do this now, you know? And it's the same thing with these very difficult conversations. You have to have, you have to go through that initial, oh, so that you can get to the, oh, okay. We're, you know, we're kind of sailing. We're kind of learning. We're kind of growing. We're kind of, yeah, we're good. We're in the trust zone. We can talk to each other and and it's not crazy. It's not weird, but it's continuous. It's ongoing, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything that has happened along your way that is something that's happened to you that people would never believe actually happened, but did, and that you could share with us today? For me, we, I feel like it is starting this entrepreneurial journey to be 100% honest. Mm. Yeah. And to give you a bit of context, I just never identified myself as an entrepreneur or someone that can start my own business. Mm -hmm. And if you ask like my peers in finance, um, when I was in finance, I I didn't know any entrepreneurs. Right. Mm -hmm. And this comes back to what you think is possible for yourself. And, you know, all of these experiences that we have are stories, right? And to give you a bit of context, how everything started off for me, it's building off of that depression journey where, you know, personal development took me to one stage. Meditation is hands down the one thing that really transformed my life. And to give you a bit of context, the story or how this meditation works is essentially when you came into this world, you had a blank canvas. Or let's say, look at kids. They don't have any concept of right and wrong. They are just kids, they're curious, they do whatever they want, and they're not afraid of anything, right? But as we grow up, through our senses, we experience life. People tell us what's right and wrong. People tell us how to behave and not to behave. We identify ourselves as a specific type of person. And for the most of our lives, we define our possibilities based off of that trajectory, right? For me, I grew up in an Asian household. I'm introverted by nature, I was very shy, and there was a lot of things that I wasn't very good at, but it was through practice and effort that I got to where I am today. 
And it was really this questioning process, right? In this meditation, this whole concept is you're exactly where you are because of all of these experiences. You've taken pictures, right, mm -hmm. of this past. And these are just memories of your past. To give an example too, like let's say, you know, I got into an argument with my brother and I am just having like the worst day of my life today, but tomorrow is the best day. For instance, <laughs> right now I'm having conversation with Sadie. We're having this incredible conversation, but all of a sudden after this is done, I think about that moment that I had a conversation with my brother where we argued and then I get all riled up, right? But mm. those are all just memories or those are just like stories. And the whole idea of meditation for me was just to put that aside to not identify yourself with it. And if once you like basically get rid of all of that or put that aside you're going back to that original state where you had that blank canvas to chart your own path right mm. where what if everything you said or what if everything you knew was not true or not 100 percent mm. true then based mm. off of that what would you want to do and same thing as like what we talked about earlier having the conversations right there are specific experiences that you've had in the past where maybe you were told not to speak up or maybe you were told not to like you're supposed to you know stay silent or whatever it is and mm -hmm. um, it's probably a memory from like childhood or or whatever mm. that comes up during that time but you don't have to define yourself as that right you mm -hmm. can start doing something different by taking a new action and building evidence towards the person that you want to become Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you can start charting a different reality. And for me, like I never saw myself as an entrepreneur and, you know, I say entrepreneur, but it's no different from anything else. If you want to step up and do whatever you want, whether it is saying something more courageous, whether it is fighting for a cause that you truly believe in, mm -hmm. everything is very similar. It's just taking that small action towards the direction you want. And then those small actions accumulate to what you want to create. Mm -hmm. So that's the big thing for me, I feel like, just because I never saw myself in this situation. And it's taking those small actions, realizing also that you're going to cry in the process too, right? Entrepreneurship is hard. When you start <laughs> yeah. taking those courageous actions, it's not always going to look pretty, right? But that's a part of the journey. I feel like this year was a healing journey. I just cried a lot because entrepreneurship is really hard. <laughs> Right, right. And it's lonely too. There's definitely perks for it where you get to create your own schedule, but it's very hard too. At the same mm -hmm. time, that's a part of the learning experience, right? Um, the highs are high, the lows are lows, but you know, it's really understanding that uh, you don't have to identify yourself with any failures. It's just a part of the journey. At the same time, uh, don't suppress your emotions because that was one of my biggest mistakes. If you feel like crying, there's nothing wrong with crying. It's totally normal. Everyone cries. And in fact, if you're crying, it's probably good for you. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's uh, pulling out all those layers that you need to just, you might have been suppressing or it's just your body processing um, yeah. those emotions. And it's really important to process your emotions. It really, really is. I agree. For sure. You have to, you have to go through those emotions. And I tell my kids all the time, okay, you know, someone, you know, if my daughter's crying, I'll just allow her to cry. And then I'll go, why are you crying? And sometimes she'll say, I don't know. Like, okay, well, all right. And then she'll keep crying and I'll say, okay, well, you know, go ahead. It's fine. Because I feel that way sometimes. I feel sometimes like I just want to cry and I don't know why I want to cry. You know, everything's going fine. There's nothing happening. I haven't gotten hurt. But sometimes I just want to cry because sometimes that's just your body's way of cleansing 
and releasing whatever it is that sometimes you don't know, like, like I said, under the surface, I'm very under the surface when it comes to anxiety and just fear. I'm very under the surface. So if my body is asking me to do something, I'm like, okay, maybe I need that because maybe I'm, maybe I'm experiencing something more than I'm allowing or more than I can tell that I'm experiencing it. So let's just, let's just do it and let's just get it out and, <laughs> and allow, right? Well, one totally. of the things that I also wanted to bring out is when you said you were talking about going on the journey, but making goals, being grateful for where you are, but also being very, you know, be, being very motivated. One of the things, you know, I, I went through uh, cancer treatments in 2018. And one of the things that I learned was that because as someone who has gone through cancer, you start to feel like time is short. So you're very like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. But also having gone through cancer, you know, and you understand that taking care of yourself and listening to your body is important. So these two things are constantly fighting with me. So it's kind of like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, no, let's slow down. Let's have a rest. Let's do, you know, let's do this. So it's, it's, I think that a lot of us go through that. We don't realize it as much. For me, I'm very aware of it because I'm aware of the feeling of gotta go, gotta go, gotta go that I have because I feel that time is short it's kind of a thing where you're like, it might come back. You never know. It might come back. And so by the time it comes back, we've got to have this, 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 and this done. But at the same time, you're like, well, if you take care of yourself and you do the resting and you just allow and just kind of relax, maybe it's not going to come back. Right. And so it's just this, these two minds that are constantly going and it's like, Oh, just, just driving us all a little where we need more meditation, I think. <laughs> Which yeah, is something and- that I started doing too uh, when I started um, cancer treatments and I've been doing it ever since. It was the allowing, doing the meditation, which was allowing myself to just bring it down a thousand, right? <laughs> and I feel like that's a constant battle, but the one thing I feel like is super important Gratitude is super important, as simple as that sounds, because oh, yeah. if you can't, yeah, if you can't appreciate what you have at the moment, mm. you'll never be able to appreciate what you eventually have. Right. Right. And it's a simple practice, but I feel like a lot of people might not think it's as important. But when you start just being appreciative of like those each moments, you'll start seeing how your state changes and your Mm. days get better. And when your state changes and when you're in a good mood, people can feel it, right? Mm -hmm. People are going to start asking you like, what are you doing? And like, can I get some of that? And it's a thing, right? It's an energy. It's, you know, when we talk about energy, some people might get super spiritual, but simply said, it's, you know, in a very practical sense, let's say you're at a party and you see someone having the time of their life or you feel someone that's not having the time of their life, you don't really have to, you know, talk to them. You can just feel it, right? Just through mm-hmm. senses, whether it's body language, whatever you want to call it. And I just call that like your energy or your vibe, whatever it is. But it really changes your state in a way where you're appreciative of what you do have. And, you know, be- when I, you know, when I say you should be grateful, you know, that's absolutely right, but that doesn't mean you can strive from it. You can be grateful at the same time, 
uh, strive for more because, mm -hmm. you know, let's say in your case, you have a big initi initiative or you want to fight for a specific purpose. Honestly, the bigger the ambition, the more lives you can impact. So I think mm -hmm. that's a beautiful cause. And, you know, there's this whole concept sometimes that people might have that money might be bad, right? Mm. But in reality, money is just an amplifier, right? Let's say if you are a miserable person, um, you make more money, you're still going to probably be miserable. That's how <laughs> I see it. It's going to come back to like what you do with your money. If you're a happy person, you get more money, then you do more happy things with it. And if you are working towards a big dream mission to impact more lives in whatever way that you think makes sense for you to help people, then that's what money's going to do. It's going to help you facilitate that. So your ambition, keep it. At the same time, be grateful. And finding that balance, there is no right answer. There's definitely some productivity tools and et cetera, but I feel like that is what you have to really navigate with. And I don't know if you'll ever perfect this. Some days, like, you're just going to have to hustle and work that extra few hours. Other mm -hmm. days, you're going to have to rest, but make sure you do rest because in that process, you generate new ideas. And honestly, if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't even show up for your business. So mm -hmm. um, I feel like when it comes to, there is this mindset of hustle, hustle, do more, but don't mm -hmm. forget that the hustle won't happen unless you're taken care of, right? You mm -hmm. want to give from that overflow, like fill your cup so that you can give from the overflow to others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Just, <laughs> there are going to be days, like you said, there are going to be days where you're just, you're potato on the couch and there are going to be days where you, you're, you're going 24 hours, just making sure that you're aware of that and you're not constantly going 24 hours or you're not always that potato on the couch is what's important. Make sure that there is a balance. And I love what you said about money being an amplifier definitely true if you're if what you intend what your intentions are will guide where that money that you make goes right so if, if you feel that what you're doing is to make others lives better starting with your own so i have i have this this thing where people are like oh well i can't really think about myself i have to only do give it to everybody else no start with your own life because when you're fulfilled and happy in your own life you're even bigger amplifier of that good to other people you cannot take from yourself and live in a place where you then become resentful of the work that you do for other people. You should be happy and grateful in whatever space you are and then amplify and give to others and do for those causes that you want to do for. That's the only way to maintain it and continue to do that, right? Then, because you're, you're gonna feel good every time you do it because you're already feeling good so like you said it's an amplifier of how you're feeling if you're feeling resentful but you're like but i should probably do this remove that should from your vocabulary and say i want to or i don't want to either you want to do it and you do it or you really don't want to right now you'll do it another time but make sure that it's not a oh, i should do this i or i have to do this i i have to do this and then you do it and then you're not happy doing it make sure you're happy in doing whatever it is that you're that you're looking to do so i agree amplifier i've never heard it said that way before i really like it i hear all the time that it's a tool 
but I like the amplification better. I like that better. <laughs> awesome. Happy to hear you like that one. <laughs> uh, so when you are done with this plane and you move on to the next plane, when you pass on, how do you want people to remember you? I want people to remember me as someone that made them feel better at the end of the day. Mm. And I feel like that's the most important thing because I want someone to like come across me, whether they just made a new friend or learn something new and just give them space to be themselves and just have honest, open and fun conversations with the intention of just helping and serving them. Right. And I don't know how many lives I will impact, but like for me, my philosophy is um, do what you love, spend time with people you love, have fun in the process and help others. And that's the one thing that I want people to just remember me as someone that I just remember having a great time with, but at the same time, someone that also showed me new possibilities, right? Because there's a saying that when you let your light shine, you give others permission or courage to do the same. Because mm. a lot of the things that I'm doing too, like it didn't just happen because I wanted to do it. I was also inspired by other people, mm. right? And they gave me that courage. And especially when it comes to like a minority group too, a lot of the times, like when it comes to finding specific people who look like me doing things that I'm trying to do, mm -hmm. I'd say it's harder to come across for me mm -hmm. personally. And to be a hundred percent honest, I never really thought about it. Meaning, you know, I went to school in Boston college and it was primarily like white dominated or Caucasian dominated. And then even in my corporate career too, and to be, like for some reason, I never questioned it. I just thought that was the thing because mm. I did not know that you questioned that, right? <laughs> right? And it's more recently where I started being surrounded in Asian communities um, online. It's just a lot easier. As I've been on this entrepreneurship journey, mm. I realized there are online communities in the past. I mm. didn't seek them just because I wasn't in the online world. I'm very private in person, but this whole mm -hmm. entrepreneurial coaching journey has put me in this online space more and uh, more present there. It's giving other people like me that courage mm -hmm. to do what you want to do and also share your message and share your voice because your voice and story matters. I never thought that my story mattered. I'm still in the process of finding that mm -hmm. because I never thought people would find it interesting or I never just thought of sharing about it. But as I've been on this journey, I feel like that's an important thing because it helps other people realize that their story is also important and mm -hmm. that it's perfect in it of itself. Meaning, you know, sometimes you might think that uh, because of our experience, like our specific story isn't something that other people would find interesting, but that's what makes you unique because no one can ever have that same type of journey as you. And mm -hmm. that's your specific way of helping others in your own ways. So it's helping people feel better and giving them courage to do what they want to do, whether it is taking that courageous action on starting a business or it's saying what they really want, speaking their truth, because it's uncomfortable, yet it's possible for them. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, since you have a podcast also. And so I'd like for you to tell us about your podcast and how that came along for you. Sure. So my podcast is called Happy Successful Asians. I love and it. And it's about smashing your limitations and owning your life. 
And this goes back to that whole story um, conversation we had, right? A lot of the times um, we identify ourselves with specific experiences that mm -hmm. uh, shuts us off from possibilities. And there are certain experiences, I feel like at the end of the day, we all share very similar experiences. Right? We're all people going mm -hmm. through human experiences and that's why we can connect with each other, right? For instance, if someone is hurt, we can definitely uh, feel that pain like beyond like our race, ethnicity, gender, whatever it is, right? We wanna go mm -hmm. and help them. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there are specific cultural elements uh, growing up as an Asian that I can relate to, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's a certain level of high expectations, getting kicked out of the house, bringing home bad grades. Like I was not the best student to be 100% honest, <laughs> right? So there's this level of expectations. And at the end of the day, like I feel like these expectations create this definition of happiness and success that we think is right for us based off of what other people expected of us. But mm -hmm. you have to redefine and reimagine what that means for you. Because you know the first half of your life is about accumulating because you're a kid, you don't know any better when you're out in this world, you're only mimicking other people's behavior, but at some point you have to start editing it, right? Mm -hmm. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I just want people to be happy and successful in their own ways and mm -hmm. really gaining clarity on that because a lot of the times we might not take that moment to do that. So that's the whole concept. It's helping people smash those limitations that other people created for them and then charting their own path towards happiness and success. In terms of how it came about, I was very resistant to podcasting. And really? Yes, because it's a thing where resistance in a sense of there wasn't a big drive for me to do it because I wasn't sure why I would do it, to be mm. honest. Um, and it's until five people told me to try it out. First of all, it came in- <laughs> Five <a> people? <laughs> yes. Um, someone I met through LinkedIn and then we just ended up building like a relationship and he was on my podcast recently. And then second, it was just chatting with a friend, catching up with her. And she was saying, hey, you should start a podcast. And I'm like, uh, it's in the back of my mind, I'll think about it. And then another friend, um, well, she was the head of North America HR when I was back in my finance career. She, we were just catching up and she started her own coaching business. And she was mentioning, and she interviewed a lot of people as being in HR. And I was asking her a ton of questions because I was just curious what she was doing. And she mentioned that I should start a podcast. And I was like, Keisha, really? I should start a podcast? Um, and so it was these conversations. It's until the fifth one where I was asked or I was told, you should try it out. And I finally embraced it and tried it out. And that's how it all started. I was very stubborn, but it's been <laughs> fun. The one thing, it's definitely like a learning journey. Um, it's uncomfortable. I think it's a combination of not understanding my why clearly at the same time it was also uncomfortable it was a stretch i remember yeah. trying to record my uh first intro video that was intro um voice that was just two minutes and it took me like over 50 shots or whatever it was it took me a long time <laughs> so it was a combination of all of that and i'm always happy to share my exact experience and that's how it started but it's been really fun just meeting people i feel like that's the big big plus you get to meet people with different experiences and stories and you get to learn so much from them and you get to share that with others, right? Because like I'm bringing on other like fellow Asians that are redefining and charting their own version of happiness and success. And I want to show other people that they can also do the same, like what steps did they take and mm -hmm. how can they also extract that? And honestly, it's, it's open to anyone, right? Because whatever experiences that we're all going through, like, it's very, very similar and mm -hmm. you can learn from anyone. So yeah, it was just that cultural element and um, 
that's how it all started. I love it. And when did you start your podcast? It's about two months ago, two and a half months ago, maybe. So it's still really? pretty recent. Yeah, okay. initially I started with uh, solo episodes just to talk about like my perspective, philosophy, and then I started bringing on guests. And I realized that uh, I do love to do both, um, but I do like to interact with guests because I'm apparently pretty chatty. <laughs> well, that too. And I just like meeting people, to be honest. I think that's the big part. It's really just fun to uh, hear other people's stories and learn from yes. them. Yes, it is. I, I have to agree with you on that one. I just, I love, I especially love when I bring someone on that maybe I didn't know at all before, like you, where we've just met online. And then I hear your story and I go, man, that's a really cool person. I got to stay in touch with them. You know, that story. I just, I love that feeling because it's like, I feel like I'm making new friends with people and expanding my my circle and and that's a good thing I think that that's a good thing and all from the comfort of my little bedroom right here <laughs> so thank you so I much for the kind words and oh, yeah absolutely. like I wanted to just be here too just because you know I mean I read your story too and it's quite it's very inspiring like in terms of you because you came to the U.S. and then you moved a lot and then also like you went through like cancer and there's just a lot of challenges that you went through and I feel like especially as coaches, like the message that we share, um, it's all very similar. At the end of the day, we're here to help people, right? And mm -hmm. I'm so grateful because that's the one thing that I am so grateful for when I left finance because I did not know any entrepreneurs and I did not know fellow coaches. So when I am surrounded by people who are, you know, charting their own path to make an impact and leave a legacy in their own ways to help others, it's very incredible because we're all doing something similar, slightly different. And for some reason, specific people have to hear the message from different people mm -hmm. uh, to inspire them in their own ways, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they're going to hear it multiple times, but for some reason, uh, there's going to be some people that's going to have to hear from you, uh, Sadie, and you're going to be the person that's going to help them uh, take that courageous action or say that a difficult, have that difficult conversations to make that movement or mm -hmm. have that inclusion diversity or whatever conversation so mm -hmm. i feel like it's super important yeah and that's that's one of the that's another one of the reasons why i love it is because bringing on different people bringing on different voices different energies i feel reaches more people than just me i do have episodes coming up where it might just be me speaking which is why in my intro, I say sometimes I'm eating alone, sometimes I'm eating with others, and sometimes it's a la carte where I'm ask, answering questions from my audience. But it's all in an effort to make sure that I reach as many people as possible with the stories that are shared so that whoever is going to resonate with the story, whoever is going to resonate with your story would not necessarily resonate just with me speaking, right? So to resonate with whoever is going, it's going to resonate with, that's so important. So yeah, thank you. I'm in a good place here with this, <laughs> with this thing. So the last question that I love to ask all my guests is what is your favorite dish? It has to be a burger if you're asking for savory. <laughs> do you literally yeah. mean food? Yes, I do. <laughs> and so I like all kinds of food. I was 
chubby slash fat as a kid, I was a bowling ball. I didn't even have a neck. I couldn't see my feet because of my stomach. Quite drastic change, I know. But that's because of a lot of effort. So I eat anything and everything. And I used to cook a lot too. This is gonna, yeah, I like love Gordon Ramsay. I know he's, either you really like him or don't like him, but uh, that's what's embarked me on the whole cooking journey. But putting that aside, I love a good burger because it has a combination of all the goodness in one bite type of situation, <laughs> right? You have carbs, you have protein, you have, I don't know, you have, you have veggies, you have, yeah. yeah, exactly. You have a sauce in there, um, something about it. I just love a really good burger. But uh, in terms of sweets, I love ice cream, ice cream and chocolate. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. So, well, now that was going to be my last question, but I want to ask you this. So when we're sitting down, when we meet, and hopefully it, I would prefer it to be in Korea because I would love to go back and see how things have changed there. But when we're sitting down and we're having our burger with some ice cream for dessert and some chocolate on top, uh, you know, sprinkled over our ice cream, we're celebrating. What are we going to be celebrating? What, what, what in your mind's eye do you see that we could be celebrating? Something that is just yay. First things first, I think it's just meeting in person. That would be such an incredible thing for me. <laughs> that and just making it up until that moment, to be honest, because, and this goes back to gratitude, but at the same time, like, I think that is the big thing. It's just being super just grateful just to have this conversation with you and just celebrating life because as you you know, mention it's never guaranteed, right? Mm. And it's so fascinating when you talked about cancer, I can only imagine what that feels like, but I can never feel into it because mm. I've never gone through it. So as someone who survived that, I get super curious in terms of what was that like, because that is such a tough experience, right? Mm. Especially mm. like for your family. It's like, it's a big emotional roller coaster in terms of like what I can think of. And it's like parenting too. Like it sounds, I know it's hard, but I won't ever know it until I actually do it. I only intellectually mm. understand it, right? Mm. So I think it's just celebrating making it, making it up until that point in time and having that meal because that would be super exciting. And also just uh, the lives that we've impacted in our own ways. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I love it. That would be so exciting for me too. I love it. Thank you so much, June, for being on Diversity Dish. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on and listening to your story. Oh, the pleasure has been mine. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's such an incredible thing what you're up to. I feel like people definitely need to have more of these type of conversations, uh, bringing in diversity, inclusion, and equity because that's really gonna make everything better, to be honest, right? Like, at the end of the day, I feel like this idea of separation is what causes a lot of pain and struggle. And if we mm -hmm. understand that beyond what our physical perceptions are, like, at the end of the day, we are just people. Mm -hmm. And we all just want the same thing, right? It's like love, connection, and truth, honesty. And mm -hmm. if we can just see beyond all of that, I feel like everything would be so much better. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy you're having this uh, conversation with different people. And thank you so much again for having me. It's such a privilege and honor. And I'm so excited to see like what you're going to create and all the wonderful guests that you're going to bring on in the future. So yeah, really, really excited to see the journey and follow you along. 
Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, review, and make sure to share because it's no fun when your friends don't know what you're talking about. Be sure to join us next time when we'll be talking to Drita Protopapa. See you then.